Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. I feel like it's been way too long since we've chatted. What have you been up to? I know. Oh, my goodness. So many things. I am in the middle of networking heaven for me and hell for anyone else. I am spending <laughs> all of my time out shaking hands and getting to know people and doing little presentations everywhere and just talking to a lot of people and refining my vision which is what we're going to talk about today, refining how I want to shape my business moving forward and shape my life moving forward. So it's been this big, beautiful ball of energy, but inside that big, beautiful energy ball, I have felt like a scattered mess. How have you been? <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I, I don't know, I, I just know, I can just picture you in your element out <laughs> doing all of the networking and enjoying every bit of it. But I also picture you like, adding all the things to your list of awesome things you want to do and making the list of things you want to try and things that you want to share with all of us. So I love that. It's crazy because I keep seeing online like a lot of photographers talking about how they're getting ready to start the busiest time of their year. Well, I'm about to finish one of the busier times of the year. Florida started so much earlier than I think the rest of the US in terms of their portrait season. So I'm almost finished up with the senior portrait season here. Spring sessions are coming to an end and we're already moving into our balmy summer months. So I'm about to be doing a little bit of a pivot where I'm doing less shooting portrait sessions and more of the behind the scenes work for my business, which is actually a really fun time of year for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I'm looking out my window right now and there's a a very still fuzzy horse out in the pasture. So here, nobody wants to do anything because frankly, we're all in still in the don't wear chapstick and your horse is like losing a tire other horse season. So <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. The amount of hair that is flying around on this ranch right now yeah. is insane. Yep. <laughs> It is. Insane. Oh, yeah, we're past that time. We're now in shorts and t-shirts and flip flops every day. And we've made it to the beach a couple times. And so we're definitely past that horses are pretty much all shed out. <laughs> nice, nice. I can't wait until further summer arrives. And 
I know I'm not going to belabor the weather, but it is the end of April when we're recording this. And we had another frost the other day. The other day, it was like a high in the 50s. So we're still anticipating summer here. But we are dreaming of summer. And that's what our episode is about today is how to dream big. So to me, this is one of the most fun parts of being an entrepreneur is dreaming out those future pieces of things. And I'm going to tell you from my perspective, and I want to do this before listeners go, oh, they're just going to be talking about dreamy shit. I'm turning off my radio. I'm going to tell (laughs) you, this is the magic of what we're going to be talking about today is if you can dream it, it can happen. And when you're doing vision work, when you're doing that big vision work, those things do come true. And I'm going to offer you some evidence as to how that really works in your conscious and subconscious mind as we proceed through the episode today. But I want you to know that what we're talking about here is manifesting your absolute most joyful, best life supported by your business. So hang on to your hats and stick with us because there's going to be some really good stuff that we're going to share today. I want to start out by saying I've been doing vision writing work for myself and my own business for well over probably close to 15 years now. I was going to say over a decade, but it's more like 15 years. And I go back occasionally and pull out those old visions and read through them and look at what actually came to pass. And I can tell you historically what I write on that vision board, what I put into the vision statements, what I write into my Word document, it's like magic. It's like me casting those spells to the genies. Now, I know it's not all magic. There's shit got to happen in between to make it occur. But when I look at it, it's like, how the hell did I manage to see that and then make it happen? Do you feel the same way about the vision stuff that you do, Kara? I do. And I came to vision, like creating a vision later in my work because even when I was doing work, not photography, even when I was working in the nonprofit sector, like I would think about this process and it was important to go through the motions for me, but I really had to be careful because I would get bogged down in the fear. I'd get bogged down on the benchmarks. I'd get bogged down on the stepping stones and would not, I think, fully commit, if that makes sense. Because to me, it was kind of scary to set these like big ideal dreams that I wanted to have that I was wanted to see come to fruition, but not knowing how to get there was terrifying for me. So I think that I wasn't always the biggest champion of it as a leader in the industries that I was in prior to running my own business. And I think that that is something that, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I meet people every week that they're sitting on their big dream. They're waiting for the moment to be just right or to finally feel comfortable enough to take that next step. Like, I feel like we meet people every week that are like that, which is kind of one of the reasons that I think we were inspired for this episode, but also the fact that both of us are, we've had a big year in terms of transition and change in our businesses. And we're both at a place where we're kind of working on our vision again and like reworking it, right? Absolutely. I know for me, I had a big graduation from my Gestalt program two years ago. 
And Mm -hmm. I'm about to graduate from another, the more master level of that here in the next six months or so. And then I also am graduating from a very in-depth program on hypnosis and applying hypnosis mm-hmm. to in either in conjunction with or in complement to the gestalt work that I do, and also into my mentorships or with photographers. And I've also just expanded like my entire toolkit has just like, it's so much bigger and richer and deeper than it was three, four years ago, even. And especially, I think the last vision I wrote was when I went into the equine gestalt training program. And that would have been pre 2020. So that's the thing. We all had this shared COVID experience as well, which I'm going to tell you, as much as we may feel more back to normal, COVID really did write a completely different script for us moving forward. So if you haven't pulled, even if you've done your vision, if you haven't pulled that out in three years, you need to go back and yank it out again because COVID changed a lot of the ways that we do things. I was having an interesting conversation with a gentleman where I hold live workshops now. And he has a company called the Training Umbrella, and it's in Kansas City, and they rent out rooms. And I was talking with him about, do you see live events coming back into play? And he says, yes. He goes, but I'm going to tell you, it has changed. COVID changed how things are going to happen. And yes, probably 60, 70, 80% of it might go back to what we would consider quote unquote normal with live classes, but 20% at least or more has been permanently altered by what we learned during our COVID experience. So if you do any kind of online teaching or you do any kind of things that's got a live or online blend and you haven't addressed your vision, it's a huge shift from where it was three years ago to where it is now. And even if you rewrote it during COVID, you probably didn't see the upcoming of what was going to happen with us coming out of that pandemic experience and going into something else. So just that one event and realizing it's a rather large event in all of our lives, but just that one factor, it alters and changes how you want to approach your future and how can you capitalize on that. And I think for our listeners in the animal industry, I think that COVID also impacted that. It impacted our relationships with our animals as consumers and as animal lovers and as people who rely on our animals for emotional support. I think COVID altered even more so a trend that was already going in a direction of people being more involved in their animals' health and lifestyle. And now that is even greater. What do you think about that, Kira? Yeah, 100%. I just I'm thinking about like all of the shifts in the last couple of years and how important it is to always revisit. And we're talking about dreaming big, not being so scared, like I can be that way, like not being so scared to not always see how to get there, because everything is always shifting and changing. So if we can dream big, and then have some flexibility in the path, 
I think that that is going to be so much easier for us. I know in the first of our big three here, we're talking about writing our vision. As someone who has been doing it longer than I have and works with so many people in terms of helping them with their vision, do you have any best practices that you recommend for people? Absolutely. Of course, you know I do. (laughs) I mean, there's a list here. No. There is a list. <laughs> Just kidding. There's a list in front of you. Yes. And and we didn't even say the big three. So let me do that real quick. And then I want to dive into why writing it is so important. So number one is, of course, writing your vision. Two is determine the actions that you need to take to move toward your vision. And then three is to open yourself up to possibilities that end up in the same result, but don't look quite like what you thought they were going to look like, which is is one of the unique factors of writing a vision. But when you write something down, you have a better chance of manifesting it. So the first thing you want to do when you're looking at putting together a vision, especially where you're putting it together as an entrepreneur, and that's who we're talking to out here, where your vision is going to include a lot of things about your business. The first thing I want you to do is stop and think about how you want to spend your time. We are only allotted so much time on this planet and we don't know how that clock is ticking, right? So we're going to assume that it's going to tick for the longest possible time, but we also need to be mindful of the fact that we need to experience joy because at the end of your life, I know it's been said a million times in a very cliched way, but you don't come to the end of your life regretting not working harder. (laughs) You want to come into your life at the end and say, I had a joyful life. I had a good experience. I did what my value system said that was the most important thing for me to do. And that's different for every single person. For me, it's to make a difference. For other people, it's to create freedom in the world. For other people, it's to enjoy wealth. I mean, it's it can be any of a multitude of things. It's, it's your personal view of what a life lived well completed is. What I say that to tell you is that your business has to support that. So many entrepreneurs that I work with on a daily basis are trying to figure out how to make their business, how to support their business. They alter their life to support their business. They change their schedule. They change how they interact with their family. They change the things that they do to make the business what somebody else's vision or what culture's vision of success is. And the truth is, is that that is not the way to build your vision for you. Every single one of you out there listening to this has something that you want to experience as joy. What you need to do is create a vision where your business supports your lifestyle. Now, when I sit in a session with people and we take a look at this proposition for each individual, I can tell you that they start out the session going, I could never have that. That's not something that I could create. That's insane. (laughs) And then by the end of the session, they're like, wait a minute, I can see. I could see a path to that. I could see myself doing that. And the thing I love about the work that I do when it's strategizing that with an entrepreneur 
is I watch the weight of the world get lifted off their shoulders because they finally see a path to where they can live in joy and not feel tied to their business or guilty because they're not spending time with their family. There is a path to that. I'm going to tell you it may not be a path that's super easy to walk, but there's a path from where you are to where you want to be living the life that you want to live with a business that fully supports you versus you living a life to support your business. So start there. How do you want to spend your day? How do you want to spend your week? How do you want to spend your month? How do you want to spend your year? And that's different for every person. We just started out this entire episode talking about the difference between what it's like to work in Florida and what it's like to work in Missouri as a photographer. So you have to say, okay, how can I create a business that supports the life I want to live? Kara, I'm sure you and your family love going to the beach. I know you adore your husband and your son, and that's great time for you. And so that's important, right? Yeah, I think when I'm thinking about what you're saying and this part about writing your vision, a lot of this rubs up against, I think, most entrepreneurs, most people's I don't want to say values, but the way they've been taught over time. They're limiting beliefs. <laughs> yes, we've been taught that work is essential, that maybe it's that we work nine to five, or we've been taught we work as many hours as we need to work to get the job done, or we make ourselves available, you know, because the client is always right. I mean, I just think that some of this rubs up against that. So it's easier said than done. And recognizing that there is a lot of people that are listening right now and they're like, that sounds amazing, but it rubs up against everything I've been taught my whole life about how to run a business, how to be successful, what success looks like, you know, all of that. So I think that there's a shift there for some people that would have to happen. There's a shift there for a lot of people because we've all drank the Kool-Aid. So mm -hmm. those of us that are of a certain age, yep. like you and I, we were raised by parents who in my world, even though my parents were somewhat entrepreneurial with this ranch, my mother was very adamant that you need to get a job. And if you could get a job with a company where you worked with them mm -hmm. for 40 years and retired with a pension, that was the ultimate success. Yep. And that was the reason it was the ultimate success for them is that they lived through some of the most horrific times in our country. They lived through both my parents, because I was adopted by my grandparents, lived through two world wars, one when they were kids and very impressionable, and another world war that they participated in. And then there was also the depression that they lived through. They went through multiple recessions. I mean, there was so much that went on in their world, but that was the way that safety was created was through that 40-year job with the pension and the gold watch. And yep. unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon how you look at it, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But the examples in our life have been just that. They've been ingrained in us. They have. And, and I have memories of parents, like work was priority. So they would miss sporting events or they would miss, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, and it was not anything, they were reacting to what they had been taught their whole life. So I love that there's this generation that's working so hard to push back on yep. that. 
and you're part of that, which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So in the context of writing your vision, what you need to do is you need to look at where are your limiting beliefs? Where are you hitting that roadblock? And that's where you need to do some work because you can release those. And I'm going to tell you, if you open your eyes and look around you, you will realize when I was in my 20s, entrepreneurship was risky. It was considered a risky business. Today, I honestly believe it's more secure than that corporate job that my mother would have loved for me to have because the corporate job can get gone in 24 hours. My business, I'm pretty secure it's going to be here tomorrow. So There's so much about this that if you do run up against that, this is where you need to work through it. And you can work through it through the coach, you could work through it with a gestaltist, Mm -hmm. you can work through it with yourself and some basically some self-growth tools around what is it that's stopping you in that spot. So number one is to kind of, again, back to our topic du jour here today, is to get yourself to understand what is it that you really want. And for some people, that is a rabbit hole all within itself. Like when you go to think about it and you were raised with those cultural contexts around having that 40-year job with the gold watch at the end, then you have to really start to separate yourself from that and say, what is it that would be exactly what I would like? What would bring me joy? So there's a whole little fun exploration that you can take as a sidebar trip to the writing of the vision. So that's number one. How do you want to live your day, your week, your month, your year, and decade if you want to go that far out. The other thing that you want to do in parameter in writing your vision is you want to write it in future. So you don't want to like write it next week because that doesn't give enough time for the things to change, right? The wheels of the universe run a little bit on the slow side and they take a little prodding and moving to get them going in the right direction. So I recommend at least three, but three to five years out is what you're looking for. And I write my visions as a day. So I write what happens from the morning when I get up until the night when I go to bed. And I concentrate more on how things are making me feel versus very things that are very specific. So let's talk about that a moment. Specific is really hard for some people. Or, and actually vague is hard for some people too. I know for Kara, she is an SJ, Kersey Bates temperament type, which says she's very concerned with how things are going to get there. (laughs) Right? For me, I'm an NF. I can Mm -hmm. dream it. I'll jump there without a problem. But for Kara, she doesn't write things on her vision unless it feels like that thing is accomplishable. And here's another big leap for you when you're thinking about your own vision. Don't get so wrapped up in that, right? You've got to let go of it. And this is another place where if you have someone to help you write your vision or a coach to guide you through it, this is a great place to work with them because they're going to be able to help you say, okay, all right, I see that. You're dreaming a little small here or that's a little small. You're playing small. What would happen if you pushed it to something bigger and get you a little out of your comfort zone? Because I'm going to tell you that's a really hard thing to do on your own. Wouldn't you agree with that, Kara? Sometimes it's nice to have a little prod out of your comfort zone. Absolutely, because it can be the uncertainty side of things can be really limiting. It can really limit I think next steps for people. And there's fear wrapped up in that as well, like fear of the unknown, fear of worst case scenarios. I'm 
queen of being able to work out the worst case scenario pretty much. I mean, you can agree with me on that. You and I can sit down and plan something out and I can come (laughs) up with all the worst case scenarios, right? (laughs) And I think that's an amazing superpower. So that fear piece is definitely Yeah, that is is amazing superpower that you have. (laughs) But here's... I'll let my anxiety know (laughs) that it is a superpower. (laughs) So it is because somebody like me, I don't see those things. And sometimes they come out of left field and I'm like, holy shit, how did that happen? And somebody like you will look at it and go, you didn't see that was going to hit you. (laughs) I mean, that that seems to me it would have been rather (laughs) obvious. But yeah, so it's two different ways to approach it. And some of you are going to be in the middle of that. And some of you are going to be on either end of it. But again, this is where getting someone to help you through this process is super beneficial. Now, as you're sitting here thinking of that going, Kim, you keep telling me to get help with this. You keep telling me that I probably need to pay someone to help me write a vision of how I want my life to be. Remember, (laughs) remember that what you put on the paper is extremely powerful. It is extremely powerful magic that gets written down on that piece of paper. And I will tell you, if you take the time and effort and the investment in it, one, investing in it means you're going to take it more seriously. And two, it is going to move you toward that vision. And wouldn't it be nice if that vision was something that was more fully embodied than what your limiting beliefs or what your obstacles that you've built for yourself refrain you from being able to get to, because it's magic on the paper. And two things around the magic piece. Number one, your subconscious in your mind, so remind you, I've just been through a whole lot of hypnosis training. I've spent a ton of time on the subconscious mind over the last (laughs) few months. Your subconscious mind, my friends, wants you, it conspires to make everything that your conscious mind really wants to happen. So when you write things down, you bring things in your vision from your subconscious up to your conscious level. And then your subconscious mind goes, okay, I can really wrap myself around that. And I will help you in every possible way see the open doors to make that happen. So it's where you get both your lovely conscious brain, which can sometimes be a trickster and sometimes be really obnoxious and get in our way. But once you get your subconscious on board, it'll help the conscious brain stay focused. And it really does. It's not that the doors weren't open or they didn't exist before, but it was like they were hidden and you couldn't see them. Now you'll be able to see them. So I know that sounds really wonky and out there, but trust me, it works. The second piece of that is that all the universe, I swear, conspires to make what you write down happen but many times it will drop you just short of the goal. (laughs) So I don't know what it is about it, but if you think, okay, I want to make $256,000 next year, and you will find when you total things up at the end of the year that you make two hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> you know, you you fall just that little teensy oh. bit short of your actual like reached goal. So here's my recommendation to alleviate that. Dream a little bigger than you're comfortable with. Dream a little bigger than what feels that you can attain it because this is the quote that I love, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, 
she'll land among the stars. So go ahead and shoot for that bigger figure because know that you may land a little short of it. So aim really super big. Now, sometimes the flip of that happens and you aim big and it even rolls in even bigger, which is, you know what? A great problem to solve. So there we go. (laughs) That's a whole lot of wisdom. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) These gray hairs didn't happen on accident, I tell you. So another thing that really helps with all of this is if you employ visual reminders. I have a beautiful friend named Jen Dubois. She's amazing. She is a fearless living coach and she does these vision boarding workshops. And I'm going to tell you, I see people go through those and then I watch the transformation of them after they've been to one. And there's something really powerful about the written word, but there's something equally as powerful of setting your vision board in front of you, something that's visual, has photos. I mean, our brains, even if you're a kinesthetic or an auditory person, you still have eyeballs. And our brains love visual information. And if you can set what you want to manifest onto a vision board, so take what you write down, find pictures of what it would look like, and put them in a visual place where you see them often, it really helps that subconscious part of your brain kick up there and help your conscious brain see the openings to make those things happen. Now, I know people out there are going, Kim, seriously, putting a bunch of pictures on a wall can do this. All right. So I'm going to tell you my story. Back in 2010 or 11, I knew I wanted to move over here to this ranch and I knew I wanted a house and I knew I wanted a round pen and I knew I wanted a horse trailer and a truck and a tractor. And so I took all of the pictures and I glued them. And I also wanted a new 5D mark, whatever it was at the time, camera. So I glued all of these on a vision board that sat in front of my computer. So as I'm working throughout the day, it was on the other side of it. So it was constantly within my field of vision. I want to tell you, every single thing that I put on that vision board was manifested in my life within three years. Listen to that. Every single thing on it. Now, did it look exactly like the picture? No, (laughs) but it was manifested. It was manifested. I had a house. I sold my land. I managed to figure out a way for every single one of those things to appear in my life. And this is where I always tell people to be a little careful about being a little bit more specific sometimes when you want to manifest something. I managed to manifest a rusty old horse trailer, but I manifested one. (laughs) So it works. Do you have a vision board, Kara? I don't. I'm definitely one of those people that's like, you want me to cut pictures out and put them on a board? I'm definitely one of those people. But I like the part about this being specific. Because that I think is a little area that I can tweak in my vision for sure. Like I can dream big, but I don't always get as specific as I need to get. So part of that would be having those benchmarks, but having specific things I'm shooting for that's a little more narrowed down than the big picture for me. So yes, things that you need that you want for the future, definitely. And being specific 
And what I want everyone to hear from me is be specific about the way that things make you feel, because that's the result that you're looking mm-hmm. for. So even if it is, and in the end of the day, the rusty old horse trailer works just fine for what I want to do. So it makes me feel good that I have a functional trailer to load my horses in if they one of them needs to go to the vet. That was the bottom line to the feeling that I wanted. A rusty horse trailer It doesn't look real pretty, but it gets the job done. So that's the reason why if pretty is important, make sure (laughs) you add that into the feeling. I get this joyful feeling about how pretty my horse trailer looks when I look at it. So that's the the bottom line to that. And the visual (laughs) part does help. The vision boarding does help. So the second part of this equation, once you have the vision written, when you're writing the vision, please do not get caught up in the details of how this is going to happen. How it's going to happen at the point that you're writing the vision or that you're putting a vision board together for visual stuff is not important. It doesn't play a factor. So if you find yourself going, I could never do that, go see your coach, go see your gestaltist, work with somebody, get yourself out of that limiting belief so you can dream that into the biggest space that it can possibly fill. But then once you have that dreaming down, It's not so magic in the fact that just because you wrote the words, it's going to happen. You still have to make some effort. And so when you're looking at your dreaming big part of things, you need to set up interim actions that move you towards your goal. So you need to start looking and recognizing that achieving your vision or your vision becoming a reality is going to take some effort on your part. It's a contract with what you want and you need to hold up your part of the bargain or it isn't ever going to happen. So you do need to move it. You do need to move yourself towards those things happening. But you need to understand that probably is not going to be immediate. In other words, you're not going to put, let's say you want a new round pin and you put that into your vision and you talk about how wonderful it feels to go into the new round pin and you have a picture of the round pin on your visual board. That doesn't mean that magically you're going to wake up one morning and there's going to be a round pin outside your door. Now, I've heard of some people that they dream that, put it in their vision, and then all of a sudden their neighbor is like, hey, you know, I have this round pen that if you want it, I'll just move it over to your place, you know? (laughs) So occasionally it does happen, but most of the time you need to put some thought into it. Like, what could I move in my life to make that round pen happy? What do I need to do to prepare the space for the round pen to be put there? I mean, All of those things need to happen. So define some of those actions and walk and take a few steps towards that particular dream. And I know this probably sings beautifully to your little SJ heart to say, yay, step-by-step order of things. (laughs) For me, I like to see the steps for sure. I just need to feel like, and I think there's probably other people that are listening, like I don't have to see every step to get there. I just need to see one next step that's in the right direction. So- as long as I see that the next step is going to leap me a little bit closer, then I can do that. And then you've got to have these little benchmarks that you can celebrate and see progress along the way. So I'm one of those people that as long as I can see that there is a way to take the next step. And then a lot of times I find that then the next step kind of unfolds itself. Yeah. You know, it presents itself. And so, or maybe the next two steps present themselves. So for me, that's how that typically works. Like I don't have to see every single step. I don't need the GPS roadmap to get there, but I need to know what the next turn is going to be. You know, that next, that next piece of the puzzle. 
Um, and then I feel really good about progress when I'm working towards something Absolutely. Like that. And sometimes the trick here is recognizing what is progress towards your vision. It's recognizing that you are moving in that direction because yeah. sometimes it doesn't start out looking like it ends up to be. I mean, just think about us as human beings on this planet. We didn't start out in this world, we started out as a little baby who couldn't walk or talk or do any of those things. And it took years for us to be able to develop the skills to do those things and then to grow into adulthood. So your vision is a little like that. Those steps sometimes can look really, really different. I mean, if you handed somebody a baby that didn't know what a human was going to grow into, you know, I mean, they'd be a little confused, like, I don't understand. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it takes a little bit. There's changes, <laughs> folks. Things change. And then the final one of the big three is to become open to possibilities that are different than what you put out in your vision, but really do offer you the same result. That's why we want to be so pinpointed about how the things in our vision make us feel or how those things in our vision inspire us to feel. They don't make us feel things, but inspire us to feel. It's important to concentrate on that because that's ultimately what we're looking for. Because remember back way at the beginning of this episode, I'm like, you want to create a business and a life that you find joyful and that your business supports that joy. That's the ultimate thing that we're after. And that joy looks a little different for all of us. It's not the same for everybody, but you have to figure out what that is and then be open to the possibilities that'll get to that result but may look just a little bit differently than you might have imagined. Absolutely. This piece to me is so important because I think back to when I first started my business and the ideas that I thought I had about what I wanted my business to look like, what I wanted my day to look like, what I wanted my week to look like when I was thinking about that. And then as I started working that, I was getting burnt out. I was getting overwhelmed. I wasn't feeling the way that I wanted to feel, even though I was having, I was working my way on those stepping stones towards the success that I wanted to see, which was that goal for me. So I was working my way there, but the path there was uncomfortable. I was unhappy. It was leading me into a place that wasn't good. And so I had to see, okay, how do I get the same results by doing something different and by finding that place that does make me feel good? And that to me is just such an important part of this and that the path, sometimes there are better ways to get there that are better for you. And you might have the same end game goal as the person down the street or the business owner down the street, but there are so many different ways that you can get there. So I think that's such a big part of it. I do too. I think it is a huge part of it. So Kara, are you excited to go write your vision after we've done all this talking about stuff? I mean, I know I'm kind of pumped to go sit down and write mine. I am. I'm pumped. I might even try a little vision boarding this year. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see if I can rally for that. <laughs> it really is a lot of fun. If I do, I'll take a picture of it and send that it to you. That would be awesome. And I'll take a picture of mine and send it to you. 
And I'll tell you what, for our listeners out there, we'd love to see your vision boards or hear about your vision of what you want to create in the world. I would love to know that. It's a big fascination of mine. And also, you know what else might happen in that process? Somebody might see it and go, hey, I might be able to make some of that happen for you. That's when our world gets so cool, right? So good. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you guys so much for joining us today for this. I think this has been a really thoughtful episode and we hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Just a reminder, if you want to hear more from us, we also have a second podcast called Cowgirls with Cameras that we co-host with our pal Phyllis Burchette, a Phyllis Burchette photo. If you are a photographer, that is a great place to hang out. We've got, I think we're up to 20 something episodes now over there ready to binge. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please let us know your thoughts on the show. You can do that. We're on social media at The Business Animal on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.